today we have Jackie LeBeau on air with us today on the webinar and she is talking all about animal communication so if you've ever wondered if animal communication is ever a thing it's real it's real <laughs> yes it is this shows for you with over 20 years as an animal communicator Jackie LeBeau will talk to us about what it is how it works and what kind of things our animals have to tell us you know Jackie it's funny that 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 this show would come up right now because I was just last week did a private spirit gallery in someone's home and the first thing their dog did was get it right in my face right in my face and then I love animals absolutely love animals um, but the homeowner said or the pet owner or whatever um, they, the the pet is not a friendly animal which was oh. fine with me was absolutely fine with me and of course about the extent of my my animal communication is um like I, I like carrots i like peanut butter you know i like this is my bed this is where i lay down they show me pictures and stuff like that well everybody jackie lebeau is a psychic medium animal communication specialist radio host children's author and the phrase accurate powerful and life-changing best describes the work of animal communicator jackie lebeau yay i love yay. her one of my favorite people she's always been very upbeat and kind and positive and we need more of that in this world well Jackie's grounded real-world spirituality helps her to connect to your departed loved ones both human and animals as well as communicate with her current animal family members sought after for guidance on current life issues and business decisions Jackie tunes into spirit guides and angels as well after 20 years in the corporate communication field Jackie answered her soul's calling and decided to serve spirit and the animals through working with integrity and compassion. Jackie honed her skills, studying with several world-renowned mediums, as well as the forerunners in the animal communication genre, bringing you peace and guiding you on your pathway and enlightening your heart is her passion and her life's work and without further ado i present to you jackie lebeau yay hey lisa oh my gosh <laughs> well that's so kind of you thank you for that wonderful introduction oh i, <laughs> you know, I, I, appreciate. I had a, I had a, <laughs> I had a laugh when you started out with your story about the gallery and the dog because as you know a medium a psychic and the animal communicator and i'm sure because i'm going to tell you we all get messages from the animals absolutely and they come in right away and they always come in when i do a gallery and i'm sure you get that too because they're always there particularly the ones in spirit that have been waiting to communicate but if they're also in the physical they also like to come up and i think that doggy was just saying hey i'm here <laughs> and i get because a lot of times they sense uh, other members of the family animal and members of the family that are around and i always tell people if you see your dog or your cat and they'll, they'll look up a lot of times they're looking up 
and they're just staring and you can't figure it out, then that's probably Buffy who passed, you know, like, you know, a month ago, still visiting. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. They get it all the time and, and, and they, right. get, they get human spirit as well. So people mm -hmm. are saying, you know, I get this sense, I got myself around. And, you know, I'll say, okay, tell me when you get that, what is your dog doing? And she goes, well, she's sitting over there near the chair he always sat in. She's looking up. I said, mm -hmm. I said, that's your sign. She goes, what's my sign that he's around? I said, well, if you get nothing else, look at the dog. Right. <laughs> yeah, because they, 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 I said, why are they so lucky that they get to see spirit? And you know what my answer to myself and to all of us is, because nobody told them they couldn't. Oh, that nobody is told them so they couldn't see spirit. You know, because think of us, think how many of us, you know, would be, because we were tuned as babies and children, we could see spirit. And then we were told that we can't do that. And we, we internalized that. And now all of a sudden we're cut off. Now a lot of people open up to that again. But with animals, they were never closed down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's wonderful. So, yeah, they have that. Yeah, so no one yeah, ever it's telling a, um, doesn't exist. Yeah, right? yeah. You know, it, it's it's not until um, and, and kids too. I mean, they they hear the animals all the time. It's not until you know they tell mommy. You know, well, you know, the dog told me that she wants to go out and she wants me to use that that leash. And mommy says, "Oh, honey, dogs can't talk." And then kids start to kids start to shut down. <laughs> right. So yeah, so it's interesting. So uh, I, I find Very it cool, and it, it's it's such a corresponding, you know, you know, gift and working relationship. And that's what I I used to say, Lisa, when I first started. You know, I get the animal communication and I get spirit. And I said, I always say, God, okay, what am I supposed to do? Animals are humans. Animals are humans. And then I get a lot of human clients and I say, okay, it must be humans. And then the animals would start coming in like, okay, all right. And then I'd always hear both, but I kept thinking I needed to do one. Well, it's just both because you get both and, and all of us do. And I always tell that when, you know, we share things, you know, with each other as, as mediums and, and intuitives that, of course, everybody gets that. If you if you're getting that for people, you're getting that for the animals. Absolutely, and it's powerful. The animal stuff is so powerful because I think it's the unconditional love that we share with our animals um, that we don't always share with even our closest loved ones. I agree. You know, I've had people. I yeah, I mean, I mean, you know how it is. Like if you're in a gallery in a setting like that. People can be fine, and you know, and galleries are always that way. You, you have some tears, but you have lots of laughter, and but you know, the, if animals come through, all of a sudden it's like, whoa, you know, it's like people just break down. You know, it's like all of a sudden it's like there it is again. And so, yeah, it's wonderful what they do for us and what they teach us. And I've been so blessed, you know, to just get little hints and little, you know, little peeps into what goes on. You know, you had mentioned, uh, oops, I'm getting some cross feedback with your microphones or something. So we'll see what happens. Oh, it's probably my um, Yeah, so I was doing a large <laughs> event one day, and 
the animals all started coming through at the same time. And there must have been eight or 10 dog names that all came through all at the same time, almost piggybacking one another as a message. And it was so funny. Yeah, I actually have that uh, recording on, on my YouTube channel where all the animals came through with their first names, or, well, with their names. Um, so it was really a neat thing. And that's all it was. They just all wanted to make their presence known, right? So uh, you're right. Animals right. are different than our human people are. They just want to be acknowledged. Yeah. Right. And they just want you to know that they're still thinking of you and they're still around you a lot. And, and they love gallery events. I mean, one of the first galleries I did in the home, you know, they're sitting there in the couch and this horse and spirit comes right up behind the couch and sticks wow. its head behind this couch. And I was like, you know, I was like a little taken back because number one, this was my first, you know, in-home gallery. And I'm like a little nervous anyway. And the last thing I expected was this big horse, <laughs> you know, and I, and I talked to them about, you know, what this horse looked like and what, what message he had. And, and they just were kept looking at each other and, and looking behind them. <laughs> but, you know, they come in, they take that opportunity to come. Mm -hmm. We were doing another gallery. I was working uh, with Chet Barnes, one of our other mediums, uh, came up from Baltimore. And, you know, this, this uh, dog was just running around the floor, you know, in the group. And, and he's like, and it kept going around and around and kept going around this couple. And finally, we we're talking to them about, you know, what this dog looks like. And it's just like, Tearing around and like, yep, that was her a little terrier. She said, and she was just like, no stopping her, and it comes through like that. So I love that you get the names so clearly. Names is not something that is one of the things that comes in for me as clearly as physical descriptions and you know favorite pastimes, things that they loved, things that they ate. You know, it's more like a descriptive thing for me. But boy, when you get the names, that's like yes. <laughs> Sometimes right on the money and sometimes it happens sometimes it doesn't yeah i know i it's exactly that way with me sometimes things come through and sometimes they don't sometimes i get like like crazy names that i'm almost afraid to say <laughs> and then but you know how we've been told, you know you just say what comes i had this name come through and this was for a person it was esmeralda and i thought now, Esmeralda is just a fun name that I love, and I think there's a connection for me, and I'm thinking, oh, no, that's mine, and I wasn't going to say it, and finally, I said it, and the gal was like, oh, my God, you got Esmeralda, <laughs> and, and meanwhile, I, I, I said to her, thank goodness, that means something to you, because I almost didn't say it. <laughs> right, right. So, let's yeah, go ahead. Yeah, how do you define what you do with people who are unfamiliar with the concept of animal communication? Because let's face it, okay. talking to our deceased loved ones is weird enough, let alone talking to your animals. Yeah. Well, the thing, the easiest thing for me to describe it for people, and, and one thing I tell them, particularly when we're in a class and you know, I'm teaching them how to do it themselves because we all can do it. And we'll talk more about that. So I want everybody to just know that right up front. You can do it too. But it's, it's like, it's just like a different language. And truly what it is, is telepathy. So it's mind to mind and animals speak in pictures. 
So the best way that you can communicate with your animal, and this is just everybody, is send your animal a picture of what you want because they are reading the picture in your mind. And just like if you say, go get the red ball. When you say red ball, your mind, unbeknownst to you, is seeing a red ball. So that picture is going to your animal. So your dog says, oh, they want the red one. And then I'm gonna tell you right now for those people who bought into the thing that animals can't see color, they have now even scientifically shown that that was not true and that animals do see color. So when you send that, then that's what your animal picks up because they're, they're reading that from us. So use it to your advantage um, as you're communicating with any of your animals, you know, dogs, cats, horses, birds, Jackie, how did you figure Jackie, out? how did you figure out? Oh, I'm getting a lot of cross back. Oh, I don't know. I don't know how to stop that one. It's like almost like I'm hearing myself speak. So, how did you figure out that you were actually communicating with an animal? Was it shocking at first or odd at first when you felt like there was, hey, there's really something going on here? Well, let me tell you how it happened for me because it wasn't just like a, a opening up to that because. Um, it happened to be because I was looking for animal communication and I actually tried animal communication uh, before I learned how to do it because it's a learned skill. It's like learning a language. And we had um, a rescue Great Pyrenees and bless his heart, this was in the old days before we did crate training with dogs. You know, we just never, I mean, that wasn't how I grew up. You know, there was no such thing as crates. So we brought him home and he had, he was a year old and he had been abused. Uh, I don't know how people do that to animals, but he was. And he was petrified of men. And he was also had severe separation anxiety because what we found out is the only bright spot in his life was this little boy. And I heard when they gave him a the, the little boy was just like, you know, just crying and, you know, it was horrible. So anyway, we brought Bear home and anytime we left the house, he would pull anything down that was on a kitchen counter, on a, on a table. I mean, it, looked, it soon looked like we were moving. There was nothing anywhere. <laughs> And, you know, and things would get, you know, broken and stuff, but he, didn't, he wasn't meaning to destroy anything. And we had tried everything. And finally I said to my husband, I'm hearing about animal communication. You know, let's, tr can we try that? And now you have to understand my husband's a um, engineer. <laughs> He's an engineer and a, a computer scientist. And so this was very woo-woo to him. <laughs> and he goes, I don't know how this is possible. I mean, we were talking to a gal in Las Vegas. Now we're in Pennsylvania. So he goes, how is this possible? I said, let's just try it. So, so we hook up with her on the phone because, um, because, anim because animal communication is telepathy, it's energetic, it's mind to mind. So you don't have to be physically with the animal, you know, to communicate with them. Um, so she, we had questions for her and she and and we just asked her to show us where bear drank water now this was a test question for my husband 
because of science. Okay, because Bear didn't drink out of a water bowl in the kitchen or whatever. We had one of these little waterfalls that he had built outside, you know, where the water came down into a pool and Bear would go outside and that's where he would drink. Well, this animal communicator described the woods. She described water coming down the chute into this catch place. And she says, I don't know if it's, you know, you know, coming from the house or what, she said, but it's in the woods. And, and, and I looked at him and I said, is that good? And he goes, yeah, that's good. <laughs> and so now it's funny, Lisa, because every once in a while, somebody will ask me something about their animal and I'll get off the phone later and I'll say to my husband, I, I can't imagine why they would have asked me that. How could they not know the answer to that? And he looks at me, remember test questions? I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> test questions, right. So, so I said to myself, if she can do this with Bear, I want to learn how to do this. And what I did then is looked for mentors and teachers and um, ended up working with a gal who was in um, Pennsylvania at the time, Anita Curtis, um, who's also written some books and has been a um, very effective communicator. I worked with Dawn Heyman. Uh, I've worked with um, Carol Gurney. And in fact, I, I, for people who are looking for animal communication classes and things like that, I would recommend Carol Gurney at the Gurney Institute for Animal Communication. I mean, she's really made it her life mission to make this a more, more formalized professional training certification program. Wow. Uh, there's also Danielle McKinnon, you know, who also does classes as well. So it is something that you can learn. So we started going to classes and, and my husband can do it too he, do, he just doesn't use it as often and it's like with anything else it's like with any language like if you go to an afternoon um three hour french you know intensive you're not going to come home and be able to speak french fluently and if you don't speak french for like three months after that it, you're going to even be you know further down so so i tell people you got to keep doing it you know the more you do it you know, the easier it gets and the more readily that you get things. So it, cool. it's like flexing your muscles. Right. Right. <laughs> it's like flexing your muscles. Exactly. All right. So let's, I'm going to promote Tina to a panelist so that she can talk to you. Okay. So okay. as she comes forward, I'll unmute her. Hello, <laughs> Tina. Do you have a question for Jackie this morning? Yes, I do. I am um, working at an animal shelter and I am unfortunately the euthanasia tech that has to help animals cross the rainbow bridge and um, get to me sometimes. And I wonder if they thank me or it's just a hard thing to do. Okay. All right. Well, Tina, um, let me first tell you that uh, animals um, do not have a fear of euthanasia. For them, it's just another method of crossing over. So, and sometimes it's a preferred method because for them, it's like they know when it's their time. So uh, it's almost like they sort of plan things, you know, however that happens. But, uh, you know, a lot of them would prefer that over, you know, getting cancer, getting hit by a car, you know, so euthanasia is something that they understand. And um, for them in your situation, 
because they also have no fear of death. It's for them, it's like taking one coat off and putting another coat on. They know that life continues. So they know they almost can look at this as a bridge into coming back in another lifetime where maybe they have their forever home. Does that yeah. make sense to you? Yeah, I had to put my own down one day and it just broke my heart because I thought, am I just doing it too early? And that's just the guilt that you always have. Oh, you were worried about too early? Okay, I can answer that one too. <laughs> I, uh, number one, it's never too early <laughs> because if you're feeling that it is time, um, trust what you're getting because your animals, like I said, they don't, they don't fear crossing at all. So if you're getting this sense from them that this is truly the time, trust that they are sending that to you. And, and, and the only way that they can that you will recognize, every, every animal sends signs differently. So they don't all do the same thing. Some of them look right at you. Some of them won't look at you. Right. <laughs> and then, you know, the other thing about animals with euthanasia, um, Sometimes you think it's the right time and then all of a sudden they feel like they are doing better. They get this surge of energy. And, yeah. and a lot of times that's just, yeah, did that happen? Yes, I had a man who, whose dog was really bad and he brought it in and he was a wreck because she, he said she got up and she ate and she was doing things she never had did. You know, she had come Okay, I had a little trouble day. hearing you, Tina, but you, you had somebody come in and the dog um, was doing really good that day, and he was guilty to put her down. Okay, all right, you said the dog looks, all right, that's, that's exactly what I'm talking about, because what happens is um, animals need to have a certain surge, uh, if you will, of sort of like life force energy, like this surge of energy that helps them um, break from the body you know, from the physical body. So a lot of times what we're seeing when we're like, oh, geez, I don't know, maybe I'm doing this too soon. They, uh, they seem a little better. It's because they got that surge. They got that surge because they're getting ready to make the break from, the, from their body and move on. So, and that's confusing for us because, yeah, we misinterpret that as, oh no, I maybe did this too soon. But what we were really seeing was them building up that energy and having that energy so they can very good okay well, love to my scooter bug thank you very much for tuning in <laughs> tina okay. take care sweetheart talk to you soon bye-bye all righty bye-bye so jackie tell me um you had talked earlier about um some animals wanting to communicate and not wanting to communicate and I have a, an example that I'd like to share because I find it rather funny, actually. Um, I have a sister who, who's always um, had lots of dogs. And um, she used to have this dog. His name was Trello. And we used to have this dog. And this dog, I swear to God, had ADD or ADHD or I don't know if that's possible, but that's what it seemed like. And interestingly enough, I was able to communicate with the other dogs that she had, but this dog would not 
focus on me, would not look at me, would not, as soon as like I would try to tap in to talk, and he would turn away. Didn't want to go there. Didn't want to go there. I tried it on a couple of occasions thinking, well, maybe just one day he's agitated or something like that. Nope. He just didn't want to do it. So is it that he couldn't do it or didn't want to do it or it creeped him out? Okay. Uh, Lisa, I think I heard most of that. I'm having trouble hearing you ever since we had Tina come on. Okay. Um, so I really don't have much volume, but I'm thinking what you were saying is you tuned into the dog and it would always like sort of like turn its head like it didn't want to really communicate and you're trying to get a feel for like what was going on with that. Correct. Okay. All right. Is that okay? All right. So, all right. So that can be a number of things. All right. So every animal is a little different. Now, was the dog there with you? Physically? Yes. Yes. Okay. And was he was he looking at you? He would turn. He would look at me like if I was walking around the room. But as soon as I got down to his level or even sat next to him and he could feel that link starting, he would turn away. Like I don't want to look in your eyes, I don't okay. look at your face. Yeah. It, it, I could feel okay. his discomfort right. with that. Okay. All right. Um, well, just like with people, <laughs> that we all have personalities for communication. And sometimes um, people are very talkative. Other times they're shy and more reserved. Some people are willing to talk about themselves and things they consider personal. Other people, you know, don't ever go there because <laughs> exactly. they don't share those <laughs> kinds of things. <laughs> okay. And, um, you know, the sense that I get from this dog was, number one, he, he didn't want the attention on him as if there was something, um, I would have said wrong with him, but I was getting more of the sense from him something missing uh, from his personality or something that he wasn't complete. So that was part of what I think he was getting. And also <clears throat> that he just didn't want to go there. <laughs> he just didn't want to go there. It's funny, and he was also... Go he ahead. was also concerned about the things that you were going to pick up. So he was being very private. It's an interesting thing because he was the kindest dog, the most loving dog, but he was, there was something wrong with him. I, I truly believe this, like he was ADD, ADHD or something like that. And, but he was such a lover, such a lover, but he didn't want to talk. Mm -mm, don't get in my head. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. So have you ever found that animals find it shocking or disturbing even when they realize that a human is actually understanding them? Yes, yes, I have. I, I've actually, um, number one, uh, one of the first things that I do, and I would also um, pass it along to anybody who is going to try this is I always ask um, 
almost like for permission to speak to the animal, you know, you know, and I basically I say, you know, can, you know, hi, I, I introduce myself, <laughs> you know, I might say, you know, hi, I'm, I'm Jackie, you know, mommy, you know, asked me to check in with you and because she, you know, would like to maybe find out some things that you could tell me. And I've actually had a dog say to me, I can't talk to you. And I said, why not? And she, and, and she said, because I don't know you, you're a stranger. And it just made me Aww. think, this is a woman who must have children who said, don't talk to strangers. You know, and, I, and I, so I, I repeated, I said, well, I said, mommy asked me to talk to you, it's okay. And, and then the dog said, well, okay, but you're sure. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> so apparently you know, the homeowner wasn't there at that time or the, the owner of the dog was not there at that time, maybe? Uh, no, she was. I'm sure she was. I mean, uh, they might not have been right there in the same room because you don't, you don't have to be together. Of course. You know, to do that. Um, yeah. Um, so, but sometimes it was like, I, you know, I've actually gotten a response like, oh, you're talking to me? How come you're talking to me? You know, nobody ever talks to me, you know? Right. And I guess, you know, if you were an animal who spent your whole life trying to get through, which is what they are, and nobody ever responds, you're like, oh my gosh, right. <laughs> somebody's finally talking to me. And, and it's funny, it's like, um, I've also had instances where I was trying to uh, communicate with this one dog, and the dog said to me, I can't talk to you right now, I'm busy. <laughs> and I said, oh, you're busy? And, she, and, and he said, no, not right now. He says, we can talk later. So I got, I got him later, and then we were just talking, and when I got on the call, because a lot of times what I do is, I check in with the animal and then we have a preset callback, you know, when I get back with a person. And I say, what was he doing this morning, like around 10 a.m.? And she goes, oh my God, he was staking the tree out. I said, what do you mean? She goes, he always goes out and there's a squirrel that lives in that tree and he sits there and he watches that squirrel and stakes it out. She says, she says I'm sure that's what he was doing. And she says, I, when I call him, he doesn't even come sometimes. <laughs> That's hilarious. You know, it's, you know, That's funny. What's going on. He's doing his job, right? He's protecting the house. He's busy he here. He was doing his job. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Yeah, and, and the job thing is important. That's, so, in fact, uh, I will tell all of you. Can I ask you something? What are you thinking? I was just thinking, you know, the largest animal I've ever communicated with was a horse. And this was the large, like a Clydesdale size horse. What happens to you when you go to the zoo? Oh, well, I don't go to the zoo. <laughs> I just don't. I just oh my don't. God. <laughs> it's funny, you know, my, my grandson and I just went to the Toledo Zoo, which is a love, oh my gosh, it's so cool. Um, but it is weird. It is weird, you know, I intentionally yeah. tried to shut down and I was just wondering what you would have to do, you know, it, maybe you just don't open up that link or something. Yeah. Well, exactly, Lisa. It, it's like, it's like us, 
in our mediumship. I mean, if we walked around open all the time, we'd be bombarded. Exactly. I mean, we'd be crazy. So it's the same thing, you know, it's, yeah, it's like, you know, I have certain things that I do to open for mediumship and the same thing with, uh, with the animal communication, because otherwise you just pick up everything. So then what are some of the typical reasons that, uh, animal caretaker, let me put it away. What are some of the reasons that they call you? I, I imagine maybe food or shelter or whatever behavior, but can you expand upon that? Sure, sure. Um, uh, typically, you know, food is important, particularly in this day and age where there's um, allergies and food sensitivities because more and more animals are experiencing food sensitivities just like we humans are. So a lot of it will have to do with diet. Um, now, right up front, I'm going to tell you, animal communicators do not diagnose. And um, please, if you're communicating with an animal, make that very clear um, so that, you know, the animal's guardian doesn't think otherwise. And also to protect yourself <laughs> uh, because only veterinarians diagnose. <laughs> uh, but I will, uh, but I have also worked with vets when they have an animal patient where they're trying to get a feel for uh, that they try, they're trying um, a medication or a therapy and they wanna know how it's working for the animal. So typically you can tell them, you know, are they feeling better? Are they having less pain? Are they having less discomfort in their stomach? You can give feedback, which can be very useful you know, for vets when they're treating an animal for different things. So that's another reason uh, that people will contact me to try to get a feel for that as well. Uh, they'll also contact me about behavior issues. And that can be just, you know, the person, um, well, just typical things like jumping up on people when they're not supposed to, digging where they're not supposed to. Um, uh -huh. A, a, you know, aggressive type behaviors, you know, can be difficult. Um, I had a long run of people calling me with cats with, I, I called it the cat pee calls. Oh no. <laughs> but we'll call it inappropriate elimination <laughs> in the house. Cause I was like, I want, at one point I said, oh Larry, if I get one more cat pee call, I can't say this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, I had it with those. But, and, 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 and it's interesting because that runs the gamut because people think cats do things like that or, and, and animals, they, they think animals do things in the house um, out of sight. And I have to tell you, that is never, ever, ever the case. Animals do not do things out of sight. That is not an animal reaction to things. Right. Uh, they may do things like that to get our attention because there's a problem and they don't know how else to do it. Uh, a lot of times that has to do with um, bladder infections and you know infections or other things that are going on from a health perspective. So the first thing I always tell people in those situations is, have you seen your vet? You know, have you checked things out from you know from your vet or any tests and things like that? Because um, it's not a spiteful thing. So I'll get things, you know, 
that I'll say on the medical side. Um, I'll also get um, a, a big time when people contact an animal communicator is during the um, death and dying process. You know, and just like, you know, we had heard from Tina, it's like, when is the time? You know, is this the right time? How do they feel about this? Are, are they ready? And uh, so that's, that's a big a big time when people reach out because it's hard. And, and I'll tell you honestly, I have talked to other communicators during those times for myself because like with anything, the more um, hyper-emotional we are about a situation, the harder it is to connect, just like it's hard to reach spirit. And people that are in the grieving process from lost one, they always say, why am I not getting signs? And how come my sister can connect with dad and I can? It, you know, because it blocks it. That heightened emotion can block things. So I, I do that as well sometimes. Um, so that's that's another big time. I'm glad you brought that. Oh, uh, here's another one I just thought of. Uh, moving. And moving is a big time to talk to your animals uh, because that is a time when you find a lot of lost animals because things can happen during the moving process. You know, right. kitties can get out because doors are open. You know, dogs get loose uh, because, you know, they're upset about what's going on and then they're in an unfamiliar area. So it's always good to uh, communicate with them then. And, and you guys can all do this yourselves. Because I tell them the thing that animals want, they want information. <laughs> it's that it's that simple. They want information. And I just was um, communicating with a lab in Hawaii. <laughs> and, wow. And the labs. This yeah. This but this lab's job is there's two labs in the family. Uh, the one, the one lab, Judy, her job is to be beautiful. <laughs> and so animals all have jobs and they can be simple jobs, what we consider simple. And Judy's job is to be beautiful and to just um, make, you know, her family laugh and to be light. Bill, the other lab's job is he's the guardian. He's the protector. He's in charge of protecting everything. And, and Bill is always on hyper alert. And they had a situation where they were in an unfriendly area and they had to move and he was hyper alert. And what was so funny is the gals, I'm telling her this about Bill and now that they're in a safe environment, um, he can, he's starting to relax a little bit. He's coming down and she goes, oh my gosh, she says, I have to send you this picture. So she sent me a picture that they had of the night before after they had moved. And the two of them are in, uh, on their doggy beds. The one is just like sprawled out. Judy's sprawled oh. out, like, you know, not a care. And Bill's laying oh. there on the bed like he's asleep, one eye open, one eye open. And she says, oh my God, this is him. And I said, it's like, it's like he can't close, he has to be alert, you know? So I forget how I got off on that tangent. Oh, I guess it's good. Oh, observe. but that's, that's neat that, Animals come into this world, they know what their role is. Now, of course, we all know that animals have different personalities, just like we do. But it's neat that they they know what their role is. They just know. You know did you see the movie well, A Dog's Purpose? 
I, I think that animals come into our lives <laughs> because it's almost like um, there's a couple different things that they do for us. They come into our lives because there is a lesson uh, that we are sort of part of our plan for this lifetime for ourselves in our soul's evolution. And they come in as teachers, animals are teachers. And so they come in as one of our teachers to help us learn that particular life lesson. Um, so uh, if you think back over animals that you might have had throughout your lifetime, <clears throat> you can sort of now maybe in retrospect, figure out what that role was for that animal. Right. And, um, they take their jobs. They take their jobs very seriously. Yeah. And and if you have an animal, one of the things I tell people, <clears throat> because sometimes they don't come in with a pre-programmed thing. You know, they end up with you, but then they want a job. And so I've had animals that are just like scatterbrained, and you know, they're just like flighty, and they, you know, they like it can't sort of get this animal centered. I said, well, I said talk to her about what her job should be, and when you give them a job and give them a job that makes sense based on their personality. You know, so I had this one uh, family who had four cats and the one cat was just sort of like up in the air and like they didn't know what to do with her. And, you know, she was sort of like getting in trouble all the time. I said, well, give her a job. Well, she said, well, she's always fascinated by if there's like any bug in our house, like a cricket gets in or something or, you know, or it flies. And I said, well then, Ask her if she would like to have the job of making sure that the house is bug free. And the cat jumped on that one because it was what she loved to do. I mean, I jumped on it literally. Yeah. <laughs> and so she took on that role and it just sort of centered them. It's like because she had a focus. That's what we all have. I love that. So, so they do that for us as well. I do. I really love that. I really do. That because they, you know, as you said earlier, spite is not, it's not in their vocabulary. They don't understand that. Love is. And if they know that their purpose or their way to give back to their loved ones that are in the house with them, you know, if that's their purpose, they're all for it. You know, they're all for helping and being part of that community. They're, it's awesome. It yeah, is. yeah, absolutely. Because you're absolutely right, Lisa. It's it's all about love with animals. It's all about love. And it's like a lot of what they do and even in, in planning things for themselves and and things um even as I you know, I was just talking to somebody else about their animal that was crossing and you know, the animal had these things that they wanted. You know, because they were sort of planning out, they knew they were crossing soon and they wanted they, they their special pink blanket and they wanted to be in this sunny spot and they wanted these people to be there. And she goes like, why is this all important to them? And I said, it's not. I said, animals pick these things because they know that it brings, it makes the process easier for us. It's right. all about us. That's beautiful. So, I mean, they are so selfless. That's beautiful. I yeah. asked you earlier, but I don't think you heard my question because of the, the microphone situation. Yeah, I'm still having trouble I, hearing you. 
Right. Did you see a dog's purpose? Do I see a dog's purpose? The movie? Oh, did I see the movie? I have not seen the movie. Oh. Oh, hoo, hoo, hoo. oh my gosh. It's, oh. it's a fabulous movie. It really is. It really is. You should go see well, it. It's really awesome. Okay. It's, it sounds to me like the guy really gets it. Yeah. You know, because I think uh, I, okay. So he gets why they're here. And, and I love that he is showing a dog. I, I think this is what it, it shows a dog coming back in multiple lives. Is that true? Yes. Yes. Yeah, thank you. Because I'm uh, having not seen it, but, but that's also true for us as well. So if you have animals that you have love, love, loved, and you would like to have them come back in another life. In fact, um, you know, we've had dogs for, you know, 25, 30 years now, but right now we have, we have one that was with us as a, in a previous incarnation. And so um, they can do that. But one thing I tell my animals, because I don't want to interfere with their soul's journey. So I'm always feeling like as much as I would love them to come right back, uh, there may be something else that their soul needs to do and to experience. And so I always tell them, you know, I'd love for you to come back, but you know, if there's something else that you need to do, please feel free to do that because right. animals can also come back as different species, which is interesting, interesting. too. Good. <laughs> That's neat to know. That's yeah, neat they can. To know. <laughs> well, Jackie, can you tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you? Oh, sure. Sure. Um, you can go to my website. Uh, which is JackieLeBeau.com, and it's J-A-C-Q-U-I-L-E-B-E-A-U.com. Um, I'm also on Facebook as well. I have a personal page and a psychic medium page. Um, my, um, you can call my office. My office number is 717-968-5289. Thank you. I will, of course, have all the information on the show notes. Um, and then I'll um, apply it to any um, uploads that I have on YouTube so people can get in touch with you through there as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah, wonderful. As always, it's been a pleasure to talk to you and very informative. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, you're welcome, Lisa. Well, the one thing I want to leave everybody is you can do it too. Yes. Yeah. So please remember that. If you think you're getting something from your animal, you probably are. You probably are. Okay. Bye, sweetheart. All right, thanks, Lisa. Oh, All right, bye-bye. Take care.